Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, coffee and crimers. I'm your host, Belle Fagan. Now, what do you do if you're having financial difficulties and living a fraudulent lifestyle? Well, if you're Christian Longo, you murder your wife and your three young children. To the world around him, Christian Longo appeared to be living a perfect life. And he certainly didn't look like the kind of man who would eventually end up on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. He was good looking. He was well-spoken. He had a good paying job a loving wife and three gorgeous children. Perfect, right? But in December 2001, that would come crashing down. He would murder his entire family and flee to Mexico and expose that his perfect life had been one big fat lie. In 1993, age 19, Christian married 25-year-old Mary Jane Baker in Michigan. Now, his fraudulent lifestyle began before they even walked down the aisle. He was the perfect guy, right? So he needed to propose with the perfect engagement ring. So to be able to afford the three and a half carat diamond engagement ring, he took out the most ridiculous payment plan. And what that meant was he couldn't afford his rent, he couldn't afford the payment plan, he couldn't afford groceries, he couldn't afford to just live. So taking out a payment plan was not really an ideal situation. So he ended up having to steal $100 from the camera shop where he was working when one month he found that he couldn't afford both his rent and that month's ring payment. Now all the employees were questioned, but he kept quiet. However, we'll give him this one. He did feel guilty. So the next day, he wrote a cheque reimbursing the money, left it on the counter, but along with his resignation letter. So this guy's got no money and now he's got no job. What this did do, though, was set the precedent for a life of overspending and fraud. Like I said, to the outside world, it seemed like they were a pretty well-off family. But no one could see that below the surface, this was a family permanently in financial difficulties because of Christian's reckless spending. 
After he and Mary Jane got married, they obviously set up house, and it wasn't long before they had their first child, Zachary. They would always be dressed in the best clothes, buy the most expensive gadgets, and go on extravagant tropical trips. But it wasn't long before they were drowning in credit card debt. Their two other children came along quickly, Sadie and Madison, which meant that Mary Jane quit working to be a full-time stay-at-home mum, which obviously meant that their finances deteriorated even more. Now, Christian was actually working at a New York Times distribution centre, and he really did enjoy it, especially because he enjoyed reading the New York Times, mainly articles by one of their journalists called Michael Finkel. Now, I need you to remember that name because we are going to come back to it. Okay, and he'd worked his way up to manager and was just generally enjoying his job. But he realised that this job was never going to make him the kind of money where he could truly live the lavish lifestyle. So he quit this distribution centre and set up a construction cleanup business with a friend. And initially business did boom. But rather than being savvy, they were soon up to their eyes in debt. And when a client was late on a payment, the reality of a business that was hemorrhaging money and definitely not making a profit came to light. So he did what he was best at. He wrote himself checks from the business as well as forging checks from clients. He even convinced his dad that the business was doing so amazingly that it would be a good idea to invest in it. So his dad did and invested tens of thousands of dollars. Now, keeping up appearances, he bought a boat and two jet skis, telling friends that he'd won some money. So it's not like, not that we can condone this, but it's not like that he was forging checks and taking money from his dad to try and get himself like a clean slate and get him and Mary Jane onto an even keel and start afresh. No, it was purely so that he could still keep up appearances. Now, the fake checks did tie them over for a bit but it wasn't enough. After one of their cars got repossessed, he told Mary Jane that he would fix it. How? Yep, you've guessed it, more fraud. He made a fake driver's license, went to a different state, and at the car dealership asked to test drive a minivan. Now, here in the UK, the salesman comes with you on a test drive, but either that's not the same in the States, or this is because, you know, we're going back to the early 2000s, I don't know. But either way, his test drive was actually him stealing the minivan. He drove it all the way back home and gave it to Mary Jane as a present. Now, she's not stupid, okay? As a stay-at-home mum, she would likely be the one that would be opening the mail every day. And when no invoices or bills arrived for payments on the van, she began asking questions. So what did he do? Because obviously telling the truth would be far too simple, right? He printed out fake bills and mailed them to his own address. Now, not long after this, Mary Jane's sister testified that she got a call from Mary Jane telling her that she'd found an email on Christian's laptop that showed he'd been cheating on her. She did confront him, but he swore that it hadn't been physical and he was just bored as she was no longer fun after the kids were born. You know, that old chestnut. But she stayed with him. In September 2000, he was actually sentenced to three years probation after he was caught forging $30,000 worth of checks. Did that stop him? Heck no. He told Mary Jane that getting caught was his aha moment, if you want, and he promised that he would straighten his life out, but they deserved one last treat first. So 
still on probation, he took a credit card out in his dad's name, obviously unknown to his dad, and ran up, are you ready? $100,000 in debt. This guy is just unbelievable. He spent some of the money on laser eye surgery for Mary Jane and scuba diving lessons for himself. I just want to pause here for a minute. Now, I'm married, I know what my husband does for a living, and I know how much he makes. But even if I didn't, you can guess at the ballpark figure from whatever your partner's job is, right? Was she turning a blind eye, or was she really just totally oblivious to how much things cost? I honestly don't know. It just seems unfathomable to me, but I don't know. Anyway, seven weeks into his probation, he violated the conditions of his parole and literally packed the family up and moved from Michigan to Ohio. Now, they moved into an old warehouse. This wasn't some kind of like cool warehouse apartment. No, think empty warehouse. No plumbing, no facilities. But he promised Mary Jane that he'd fix it up into a gorgeous loft apartment, meaning he went back to the check forging, as well as stealing tools in order to carry out those renovations. But he got busted. One of the tools that he stole was a big piece of machinery that once I guess he'd finished using it, he decided to try and sell on. And I guess the guy that he was trying to sell it to got a bit suspicious. So he contacted the authorities. Now, I don't know what tipped Christian off, but something did, whether he got spooked, whether he figured that the guy was suspicious and was possibly going to call the cops, I don't know. But by the time the police got there, the family were gone. And in a hurry at that, they'd left most of their stuff behind, including Mary Jane's wedding dress and their family photo albums. After not hearing from her for a while, Mary Jane's family began trying to frantically get a hold of her, but quickly realised that her mobile phone had been disconnected. So they immediately contacted the police and filed a missing persons report for her and the kids. But unknown to them, the Longos were on the run, driving around in a stolen vehicle. Christian was actually driving a stolen SVU and Mary Jane a stolen moving van and staying in cheap motels and campsites along the way. Now, Christian would go on to testify that Mary Jane was completely unaware that both vehicles were stolen and that she would just always believe his lies. Again, this just seems so bizarre to me, but I guess she was so determined for her family to stay together and she loved him that she probably just told herself that it was all okay. Now, even Christian's family were worried and in a twist of irony, Christian's mum said to authorities, does someone have to die before you'll do anything? But a postcard arrives to Mary Jane's family, postmarked from South Dakota, so the police closed the missing person's case. Now, just a side note, it later came out that Christian had used his frequent flyer miles and flown from Oregon to South Dakota, bought a postcard, signed it from Mary Jane so that her family wouldn't realise where they actually were and also wouldn't worry, you know, knowing that she was still okay. Now, the family finally ended up settling in Oregon, and for a while, Christian continued with his scams, one of which was telling the owner of a Bayfront condo that he was on a three-month contract working for the telephone company and was just waiting on his first check. So the owner let them move in to the luxury apartment with no deposit up front. Now, I know this sounds like bizarre to us, thinking, how does that even happen? You know, like there's some of us out here that are struggling to even get a place with the proper references. 
with deposits, all that kind of stuff. But this guy is just walking into luxury apartments. But everyone will tell you he was a charmer and he knew what to say to get people to do what he wanted. I guess that's what happened here. Now he did actually go and get a job, unbelievably, the first one in a long time. And it was at his local Starbucks. Now, I love Starbucks, but it doesn't fit in with the narrative of being a well-off, successful guy, right? So he told all his colleagues that he'd made a fortune on some internet business, which is why they could afford their waterfront apartment, and that he was working at Starbucks simply because he liked the coffee. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I love myself a Starbucks, but if I was rolling in cash, I would just be buying the coffee and enjoying it from my balcony. We also know that Starbucks isn't paying the big bucks, and definitely not enough to support a family of five. So obviously, the rent wasn't getting paid, and Mary Jane was starting to struggle to be able to afford food for the two of them and the kids. The evening of December 16th, 2001, Knowing they were about to be evicted again and not wanting to tell Mary Jane, he sat on their balcony overlooking the water and formulated a plan that he would later describe in court to be the beginning of the end. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He went back inside the house and strangled Mary Jane and their two-year-old daughter, Madison. He stuffed their bodies into a suitcase each and weighed them down with dumbbells. He then placed both suitcases into the car. He went back inside and carried four-year-old Zachary and three-year-old Sadie, who were sleeping, and gently put them in the back seat. He drove out to the middle of a nearby bridge, tied pillowcases filled with rocks around Zachary and Sadie's ankles, and threw them into the icy cold water alive. He then threw the suitcases containing Mary Jane and Madison in after them. Calmly, he got back in the car, drove home, and spent the next few days watching movies, playing volleyball with friends, and he even went to the work Christmas party, where he gave a co-worker a bottle of Mary Jane's perfume. This guy. On December 19th, Oregon police got a call from a man staying in an RV park, saying that he'd found the body of a little boy floating face down near his fishing spot. Police arrived and found the body of what appeared to be a three or four year old boy wearing only his underwear. But the thing they noticed was that he looked well fed, healthy and had no marks or injuries. So initially they thought that maybe he'd wandered off and accidentally drowned. But surely the parents would have reported him missing and there were no reports of a missing three to four year old. 
So police went house to house and released a photo of Zachary to the media, hoping it would pay off, and it did. A woman named Denise Thompson contacted police saying that the photo looked like the son of a guy she worked with at Starbucks. She told them that she would occasionally babysit all three kids for Christian and Mary Jane, which is how she recognised Zachary from the photo. She also told police that the last chat that they'd had at work was when he told her that Mary Jane had taken the kids and left him. Now, at the same time that she is telling police, Christian had also seen the news and knew that he had to get out of town as fast as possible. After speaking with Denise, police immediately headed over to the Longo's apartment, but it was too late. No one in the Longo family was anywhere to be seen. Having absolutely nothing to go on, they sent divers into the water to search for clues around the area where Zachary was found. And three days later, Sadie's body, still weighed down by the pillowcase of rocks and also only in her underwear, was found. She looked so much like Zachary, police immediately knew who it was. On December 27th, divers then found two suitcases one of which had human hair floating through the zipper. Inside was the nude body of Mary Jane Longo, bruises in the shape of hands around her neck, and inside of the second was the body of two-year-old Madison, along with some of her clothes and the dumbbells. After not being able to find Christian, he was placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. Now, they quickly caught a lead after getting a tip that he had applied at another Starbucks, but this time in San Francisco. FBI agents told the manager to set up the interview for the next morning. He did. They stalked out the building, but Christian never showed. Unknown to them, he'd used a stolen credit card number from a customer back at his old Starbucks to buy a ticket to Texas and from there, Cancun, Mexico. He got there, rented a cabana, hung out with a group of British backpackers, smoked pot, toured Mayan ruins, and pretended to be a journalist called Michael Finkel. Okay, so this is the journalist that I told you about at the beginning, that when he was working at the New York Times Distribution Center, he would devour all of Michael's articles and really looked up to Michael as somebody that he would like to be. So that's who he decided to impersonate. And he even got himself a holiday romance with a German photographer. By now, it's January 11th, and there is still no sign of Christian. Until one evening, a Canadian woman who had just got back from travelling in Mexico saw the news and recognised Christian. She immediately contacted the FBI office in Washington, D.C. and told them everything she knew. They, in turn, plastered flyers of Christian's face all over Tulum, which is where the Canadian lady had said they'd last been together. The next day, a man saw one of these flyers and called the FBI in Mexico City with Christian Longo's exact location. On January 14th, 2002, after just over two weeks of living the high life in Mexico, Christian was arrested and extradited back to the US. Now, at the trial, he decided to take the classic, let's blame the wife defence. The story that he told the jury was that he and Mary Jane had had a date on December 15th, where she told him that she finally felt things were going well for the family, but she confronted him about lies she suspected he'd been telling her. After the conversation, he said that he struggled with whether he should come clean with her, 
realising that their days in the condo were numbered. On December 16th, he came home from work, had some wine and cheese out on the balcony and thought about the situation. He said he finally went to bed but couldn't sleep. And when Mary Jane asked what was wrong, he slowly began admitting everything to her. During an all-night conversation, he said Mary Jane became emotional like he had never seen before. He told her that the family minivan was stolen and that their condo hadn't been paid for. He then testified to the jury that she berated him for 45 minutes, slapped him and told him that she would never be able to trust him again. He said he left her in the bedroom and went to get a few hours of sleep on the couch. He was then woken up by Zachary wanting to play. And when he went back to the bedroom to check on Mary Jane, he'd found that she'd vomited all over the floor. The morning of December 17th, he said he begged her to let him stay home from work and take care of the kids so that she could have some alone time. But instead, she yelled at him to get to work and that eventually she drove him there. He said he kissed the kids goodbye, left the van and went in to Starbucks. After his shift, Mary Jane picked him up as usual, but she was only dressed in a bathrobe and was barefoot. The kids weren't with her and she wouldn't speak to him on the way home. When they got back to their apartment, Mary Jane began whimpering and he had to pick her up and help her inside the house where she slumped on the floor. He then claimed he'd found Madison's lifeless body on the bed and began trying to shake an answer out of the now hysterical Mary Jane who told him, you did this, you killed us. She then told him that the other two children were in the water. Christian sat on the stand and told the jury that he lost control in that very moment and wrapped his hands around Mary Jane's neck, dropped her, picked her up, repositioned his hands and squeezed until he was unable to hold her up any longer. He then decided to dispose of the bodies in two large suitcases. But when he went to get his two-year-old daughter, he suddenly realised that she was still alive. He said that even though she was breathing, he thought of her as dead at that point. So he began smothering Madison. He stopped, saw her breathing again and gripped her throat. He said he felt that the big suitcase was far too big for her tiny body. So he filled it with her clothes to make it more comfortable. And then he threw the suitcases in the water behind their apartment. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a jaw-dropping story. So as you can imagine, everyone in the courtroom was stunned. Prosecutors showed that not only did Mary Jane not have a history of violence or even a bad temper, that weighing only 110 pounds, she would have been physically unable to throw her children over the bridge and into the water with heavy rocks attached to their ankles. On April 7th, 2003, after four hours of deliberation, the jury found Christian Longo guilty of all four murders and sentenced him to death by lethal injection. But don't switch off here, okay? Because unbelievably, we aren't done yet. Now, do you remember he was living it up, hiding out in Mexico using the name Mike Finkel, which we've established was a journalist that he absolutely loved reading the articles of? Well, after hearing about the trial, the real Mike Finkel became obsessed with this case and began writing to and visiting Christian. He wrote about these visits and letters in his memoir, True Story, Murder, Memoir, Mea Culpa, 
which actually was turned into the movie Story in 2015, starring James Franco. Just like he'd done on the stand, he initially lied to Mike Finkel and claimed his innocence. But years later, Christian finally admitted the truth about what happened. He told Mike that he decided to kill his family while he was at work that day. The pressure of trying to provide for them was too much and he felt he needed to send them to a better place. He said that after he got off work, while he and Mary Jane were making love, he realised that that would be the moment and it would be the perfect opportunity. So he put his hands around her throat and strangled her. He then strangled Madison in the same way, but said the feeling of a two-year-old's throat in his hands was too upsetting to do again. So he packed their bodies into suitcases and threw them into the water while he figured out what to do with the other two children. He told Mike that he took Zachary and Sadie out to the minivan while they were asleep, buckling them carefully into their car seats. He brought along pillowcases and stopped along the drive to fill them with large rocks. He pulled over onto the bridge and quietly opened the door so he didn't wake them. One by one, he unbuckled each of them from their car seat, tied the pillowcase around their ankles, lifted them gingerly out and dropped them into the water. He had killed his family, he said, so that they wouldn't witness his failure to provide for him and so that Mary Jane wouldn't discover that he had been deceiving her for years and that in reality she'd married a loser, a liar and a thief. Like I said, we're not finished. Two months ago, on December 13th, 2022, he had his death penalty resentenced to life without parole, along with 16 other death row inmates in Oregon. And in one final twist of the knife to Mary Jane's family, he campaigned to be allowed to become an organ donor so that he can have a positive impact on society and save lives. Now, if you want to see case photos or just leave a comment letting me know your thoughts, then you can head over to my TikTok at Cup of Coffee and Crime. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.